This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Amiel Saleh and Hany Balkis. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is one fantastic afternoon right here in the Pulse 95 studios, and you're listening to Future Talk, the one and only place where we bring you the latest in robotics, artificial intelligence, gadgets, and applications. All that you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world is being brought to you right here on Pulse 95. That is correct, Omni, and also we're talking about today how the international space city is going to create a one million Arab women space entrepreneurs. Lots and lots is happening in the space industry and women are becoming a lot more involved. Coming up on Future Talk, we're also going to be talking all about Google making a little bit of a makeover to their platforms because the G Suite is now Google Workplace and they are trying to merge Gmail, Gmail chat and documents all into one. Yes, indeed. And also we do have a live interview today, ladies and gentlemen with Maryam Mustafa and Nada Al-Dash. Yes, indeed. They are American University of Sharjah graduates who actually won the James Dyson Award. They created an invention that was able to solve a very big problem for the people of determination, more specifically for those who struggle with visual impairments. Their invention is called Touch, and it can actually help those who struggle with visual impairments see the colors and read or be able to understand the labels that they come across lots and lots is in store right here on future talk today so keep pulse 95 locked and we'll be right back pulse 95 daily digital news bits and bytes connect our world your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world in the UAE and around the world. Right here in the UAE, we have definitely been very involved in the space industry. We've seen the Hope Probe launch to Mars, launch to Mars uh, back in July, and now. Right here in September, right now, uh, October, oh my God, the months are flying from me today. We are actually working to basically create a small rover to visit the moon. But the International Space City is also working on its very own initiative to create one million Arab women space entrepreneurs. And this is basically going to be an online program opening the doors for every woman to be a part of the space sector. Yes, and I love how much uh, Arabs are being involved with space now. There's going to be a six-week online program that will help Arab women in the GCC to launch their own space-related businesses. Now, Liverpool-based International Space City, which is a virtual commercial city to promote the business of space, is rolling out a new online prog- program called Space Hackers to create one million Arab space entrepreneurs. Now, it is held under the Inspire Generations campaign. Now, Space Hackers is a six-week leadership and mini-MBA training program and will help Arab women in the Gulf to launch their own space-related businesses in three areas which will be law and ethics, social impact, and trade and business. Now, Space 4.0 has definitely become an emerging industry. We've we've seen countries increasingly become more involved in it, but this is definitely one of the biggest initiatives that has been happening. It was originally scheduled to launch in Mars, in in March. I've been loving Mars Mars today. It was initially scheduled to launch in March, but it was delayed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So the first batch will actually be 
starting out their classes from November 17th. So we still have a little bit of time to go. Cheaper and faster technology has definitely paved the way for smaller companies to innovate and disrupt the space industry. But this will be representing 50% of the growth of the global space economy by 2040. So we're looking at one of the biggest initiatives that have been done in the space sector. And only at the, glo- the global space economy is actually estimated to generate a revenue of around $1 trillion or more in the year 2040 and up from $350 billion this year alone. So that's a lot of money just talking about space and going into space. Now, the International Space Day does describe space hackers as individuals who use creative, low-cost strategies to accelerate the com- commercialization of the space industry. So I, I, I like that a lot because who, mm. who knew we could kind of generate revenue from space? Now, we know that we spend a lot of money to go to space, but what if space can now give us that money back? Exactly. And what if space could actually become a place for us to create different businesses? The best part about it is that applications are basically open for anyone and everyone. Every adult woman, non-graduate, graduate of any age and of any background right here in the GCC can go ahead and apply. The fee is actually quite a small fee for such a great initiative. It's only $150 and you can actually check them out on their website, spacecity.com. UK. But let's move on to talk a little bit about what is happening in the world of Google. Yes, indeed. We're talking about G Suite. Now, is now Google Workspace in a bid to merge Gmail, Chat, and Docs? Now, we've seen a lot of merging going on lately yes. when it comes to uh, big tech companies. We have Facebook, uh, Instagram. With in- Instagram. I mean, a lot of things are merging. A lot of companies who have different entities are merging it all together. But mm-hmm. Google is announcing a big rebranding and redesign for its suite of Office apps. Now, it is rebranding G Suite with a name. It's going to be called Google Workspace along with the new branding for the product that does encompass Gmail, Docs, Meets, Sheets, and Calendar. And new features are designed to make all those products feel like they're more integrated with one another. And that's where the ecosystem comes back in. Now, I'm telling you, Omnia, (laughs) uh, Apple did pave the way of that ecosystem type of feel Back when they first launched their iPhone with their with their what's called the iCloud the iPad, dri- the iCloud Drive. So, have you ever did have you ever used Google Docs? Yes, I have, and the best part about it is that it automatically saves, especially for someone who forgets to save whatever they type. It's definitely it definitely comes in handy. But the new features are, to be honest, phenomenal. So mm. I typically don't use Google Docs as frequently as I should. I find myself gearing more towards the basic Word document. But the new features that they're offering will definitely be a very big... Uh, they're going to lure a lot of customers into them, especially those who are currently working remotely because their new features allow you to basically be on a chat but at the same time, open a new presentation, open a new Word document within a new Google document within the chat itself. So you'll basically have mini pop-ups that allow you to do multiple things at the same time. Now, Omnia, I like Google Docs a lot. I'll tell you why. Mm. Because first of all, it's it can be viewed by more than one yeah. person. So especially in group projects, it comes in handy. So for example, I'm, I have a Google Doc open and I send you that link and I can be typing and fixing and editing. Mm. And you can see that as well. And you can then chat with me. Say, Hanny, I, I think that should be different or you have a different opinion mm-hmm. and then uh, you c- it can be used for revision because it also does 
does have a kind of Excel type of um, uh, spreadsheet on it, mm. and I like it. But the only thing that I don't like about Google uh, Docs or in general Google's apps on mm-hmm. is that it's on the web browser. Mm. If there was a kind of download, there are apps on the phone, but not well, as frequently uh, used. On the phone is fine. I'm talking about on on laptops, on laptop. computers. I, I don't like it that much. I've I've used it. I don't like it, but I like that it's always stored there and it's always safe. And you did bring a great point that it's all—it's automatically saving your work. Absolutely. And one of the biggest features that Google is actually introducing today is the integration of Google Meet into Gmail. Now, this is definitely in hopes to draw more users to using their services. But instead of going ahead and having to open a Gmail tab on the desktop, be on your Google Meets chat at the same time. You can just have those all in one. And also, they're definitely going to be introducing more features like creating a document directly from a chat window or even starting a video call from within a presentation. These are features that are going to be rolling out hopefully within the coming coming weeks mm. or even coming months. But for non-business customers, these changes will be available a little bit later than those who pay for the business mm. version of Google Suite or the Google Workplace. Do you think it might knock Microsoft Office off? Oh, this is definitely, it's a big competition. You think so? I don't know if you th- I... You think they have a chance with Zoom, Skype, and those things? Uh, I think they do have a chance with Zoom and Skype, especially mm. because we're currently... A lot of a lot of companies have chosen to you know work remotely for an extended period of time. Mm. But when it comes to Word document, it is definitely one of the biggest applications I, that are used. 100%. I don't, I don't think Google has a chance with uh, Microsoft mm. and uh, their documents and their Excel and everything. I mean... Uh, y- when you're using something for so long, I don't think uh, you're gonna change your mm. ways. I mean, people, there's courses on these, on these, on these True. applications. They teach them in school. They teach them in school, but I don't know. Let us know what you think, though. Four two one five. Do it a lot. Do text us in. Let us know. Would you use Google Workspace or Microsoft Office or on Instagram at Pulse95Radio? Coming up on Future Talk, we're going to be discussing a very interesting invention that is going to help people of determination gain their sense of independence. An invention that was created by two American University University of Sharjah graduates who won the James Dyson Award. They're going to be joining us over a call on our video chat platform. So keep Pulse95 locked and we'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse 95. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. Innovation that is meant to solve a problem is definitely one of the best forms of using technology and especially when it comes to helping people of determination gain their sense of independence. A wearable technology born and bred right here in the UAE is our topic of discussion today because two American University of Sharjah graduates, Maryam Mustafa and Nada Al-Dash, took home the first prize in the James Dyson Award for their invention Touch that can help the visually impaired see the color around them. Joining us today are the two inventors telling us more about what their invention does and how wearable tech has actually been coming in handy when it comes to helping people of determination gain their sense of normalcy. Welcome to the show, Mariam and Neda. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Welcome to the show, Mariam and Neda. And when we see inventions come uh, to life, a lot of the reasons that people are motivated by something. What motivated you to create this invention? So I think we started off 
the project started off as a university assignment where we were tasked to create a smart surface device. Mm -hmm. So Mariam and I were brainstorming and we wanted to basically figure out who we're designing this for and what exactly, what kind of problem are we trying to solve. And uh, one thing led to another and we kind of started talking about color and mm -hmm. we asked ourselves if we couldn't see color, how could we describe it? Um, and that's sort of like where we ventured off to. We started researching, we went on YouTube, obviously because like the internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we found this YouTuber called uh, Tommy Edison. He was, uh, he's uh, blind and he had this video where he was talking about color and how he understood the idea of color. Mm. Like he understood that the sky was blue, but like he still doesn't understand what blue means. Mm. Um, so that's when we also uh, went to the Emirates Association of the Visually Impaired and mm -hmm. we had like a few interviews and we asked them what your favorite color is, how do you pick out your outfit for the day, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then we realized that um, it wasn't our place to tell them what color is, it's something that we, we wanted them to have the freedom to like get their own conceptual idea of color. Mm -hmm. So that's where really where ring the ring kind of like blooms through. I love the idea that you two wanted the people or whoever is using the wearable technology to be able to give their own meaning to what color is. Exactly. Uh, Maryam, can you tell us a little bit about how the ring touch works? So what is the technology behind it? How does it function and how does it help people read colors? Mm -hmm. So the way to interact with the ring is through touch. So you wear the ring and you activate it by double tapping. And then once it's activated, you hold an object or piece of clothing and the ring will take a few seconds and it will read back the color of that object through like a Bluetooth earphone. Mm -hmm. And in terms of like the technology it uses, um, so because the ring started off as a conceptual idea, the technology hasn't been completely figured out, but from our preliminary research, we know that it's probably going to need a color sensor and an OCR, mm -hmm. um, which are like the two main functions. Oh, and by the way, the ring has the secondary function of being able to read small texts like clothes sizing or receipts. Um, and that's what the reading function is for. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the OCR technology that you mentioned uh, that needs to be embedded within the ring? Mm -hmm. So, like I said earlier, we haven't fully figured out like how this technology can be all like shrunk into a ring. We've discussed like maybe we could have an add-on that comes with the ring later mm -hmm. on, like a bracelet that can house all the wires or something like that. Um, but it's it's all very rough ideas at the moment. Okay. Um, so the wearable technology, which is the ring touch, comes with as you mentioned a lot of features. Can you tell us a little bit about? what is its capability when it comes to reading text? How can it read labels to the person wearing it? Mm -hmm. So the way it works is by the same way you would hold an item and wait for it to recognize the color. You just move your hand across uh, a strip of text, but very slowly. Um, and that should allow the OCR to take a photo of mm -hmm. that area. Mm -hmm. And then later on convert it into digital text that can be like read out. And I want to know about fruit. How, how, how does it work with fruit? I'm so glad you brought that up. Because <laughs> I was trying to think. That's why I was quiet for a while. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to kind of make my own assumption. But I had to ask you guys. Yeah. Um, 
this is actually like somehow you know the game Chinese telephone where you say something and then along the line it just yes. changes. Yeah. That's exactly that, that's what happened exactly here. What happened. <laughs> we said that an alternative um like use case for it would be grocery shopping, mm. not fruits. Uh because of its uh, label reading capability. So mm. mm-hmm. you can probably check like the ingredients or something but for fruits uh you know the visually impaired can find out what which fruit it is by just it's holding by it or it. exactly it, exactly yeah so they don't need the ring for that but yeah okay i thought i was going to go back to the, like the color green apple red apple uh ripe banana yellow banana that's what i was thinking <laughs> yeah yeah um i like so You also mentioned a feature of it actually being able to read smaller text which I think also makes uh, the invention ring uh, touch the ring uh, stand out from you, you know the typical applications that we've been seeing around going around for the visually impaired to help them basically decipher the texts that they can't necessarily read they'll be able to hear them through so what put your invention touch at a pedestal to other competitors at the James Dyson award Um Nathan do you want to go for this? <laughs> so, I think when we first started the project, we w- because we moved forward in a design perspective, we wanted to see how we could um mm-hmm. come about this more of a design aspect. Mm-hmm. Um I also think that um one of the things that helped us a lot spe- specifically with the James Dyson Award was the video that we created. Mm-hmm. that really like um showcased what the ring kind of does and its functionality and it also it made it look like somehow believable mm. <laughs> and yeah. that sort of like pushed us over the edge because um we showed them that all, because this technology already exists and all all we really need is just to fit it into a ring mm. so mm-hmm. it wasn't uh, anything that was far fetched we mm. weren't thinking something that's a long line like maybe 5 10 years no this is mm-hmm. something that already exists we already have this technology around us mm-hmm. um what makes us a little different is the fact that the ring kind of it's not something that's too far into the future i think mm-hmm. that's what yeah it's so it's yeah, basically exactly. something doable and something that is actually we're able to see it happening in the very near future. Mm-hmm. Coming up on yeah. Future Talk, we're going to be talking all about the importance of creating technology to help people of determination regain their sense of independence and also what are the future plans for the invention mm-hmm. touch. Keep Pulse 95 locked. We'll be right back. Pulse 95 Gadget of the day. New tech you might want to play with. billion people around the world suffer from visual impairment and this is definitely a very big number considering how many inventions we have that help those people regain their sense of independence. Joining us today are two American University of Sharjah graduates, Maryam Mustafa and Nada Al-Dash, who actually took home first prize of the James Dyson Award for this year. 9,500 dirhams for their invention of a ring named Touch. This ring can help the visually impaired decipher different colors and even regain their sense of independence on a trip to the grocery store. Welcome back to the show, uh, Maryam and Nada. It's such a great honor having you with us today. Thank you so much. What, what I want to ask you a question, guys. What did you guys major in university? What is your majors? Uh, multimedia design. <laughs> wow. Yep. Both of yep. you? 
Yeah. Yeah. See, that goes to show. It doesn't matter what you've majored in. If you don't have to be an engineer. You yeah. don't have to be, you know, specializing in computer science. As long as you have an idea mm. and you do actually dive deep and mm. maybe self-learn even the technology behind it. A lot of inventors that we see, uh, they, they, they don't major in engineering, computer science programming, just like you said. But uh, Maryam and Nada, I want to ask you guys a question. Now, if this ring would come to life, I want to know how much would it cost to produce and... Would it be expensive to the person using it, the consumer as well? So the idea with the ring really was, it was going to be kind of like a luxury brand, mm. like um, high end sort of. So once production starts to happen, we're definitely going to be aiming for things uh, like um, materials and technologies that are like on the more expensive side. Mm. And then once we sell it, we're definitely going to be marketing it as something that's like up there with like mm. the Apple brand or something, mm. you know, mm -hmm. like aim high. <laughs> mm. But that's that's sort of the intention with it, it's that it's a slick accessory that's like really nice to have, even if you're not visually impaired, mm. like you just be happy to wear it. Mm. So I like I like the fact that it's also an accessory. So mm. it helps people exactly. not feel like so they're standing out. So you guys got out. to Omnia's sweet spot. You got to her sweet spot because she loves wearable technology. Um, which brings me to the question, what inspired you to choose the design of a ring rather than, let's say, a bracelet or even a necklace for the visually impaired? Well, actually, at the very, very start, we actually just wanted an add-on to the cane, mm -hmm. the, the common cane that they uh, use in order to walk. Mm. Uh, but So when we went to the Emirates Association of the Visually Impaired in Sharjah, we basically gave them like a probe kit and... Um, Part of that probe kit was all like made out of cardboard. It was really not well crafted. <laughs> when we gave it to them, we realized how much they really disliked using the cane. Mm. So part of the probe kit was an add-on to the cane that had like buttons with like different shapes to see like what they would respond to the most. And it also had um, a ring made out of cardboard mm -hmm. to see like how things would go. Uh, basically the add-on to the cane would control the rings uh, like settings mm. um, and then we realized because they don't even like to use the cane because it seems like they stand out like people keep looking at them and stuff like that so that's really when it like a light bulb hit us and we decided to like make the ring um stylish and discreet like you would look at it and you wouldn't think oh this is so that you can like be able to read something mm. or to detect color or whatever people will look at it and go oh, this is really, like, it's a really pretty ring. Mm -hmm. I love it. Simple as that. I love this, honestly, because especially mm. if you were to ask any... It's a, it's a great selling point. It is. And for people of determination, the main thing that they always want and they always crave is to feel like they are just like anyone Ex else. Exactly. They, exactly. And, they, and they are. And they are. And they are. They're even... Some of them have more talents than normal people that mm. you would meet in your day-to-day -day life who are completely healthy mm. because... And this is another reason why right here in the UAE, we tend to call them people of determination rather than people with a disability because mm. a disability is only that of the mind as they say <laughs> exactly and i mean i, I like doing i think i if, if that was ever out when it does come out i think i'd get my hands on one you'd get one yeah because i, <laughs> I, lo I, lo I love messing with technology it does look very sleek so i think the initial design of it is not you know catered towards a certain gender it, it looks very um, you know it works for both genders it's and neutral yeah. it's neutral it's gender neutral and at the same time as you mentioned it does uh, mm. the job for those who are visually impaired but it's also a great accessory to have for those who aren't mm. 
Um, Maryam, can you share with us a little bit on what are your future plans? So I know October 15 is going to be a very important day for you too, as it is the second level of the James Dyson Award, where you, they were currently shortlisted. So there's another shortlisting, and then they announced the official winner, I think in November, sometime in November. So can you tell us a little bit about what are your future plans for it? If you were to win, which we are definitely going to be keeping our prayers on the 15th of October that you two win <laughs> uh, the James Dyson Thank award <laughs> what would be your next step i think regardless of whether we win or not our next step is the same and that's to really nail the technology and make a, like our first really functional prototype um, and just figure out all the process that it needs and then the following step would be to slowly begin getting things like a patent and copyrights and and then begin uh, like mass producing so yeah. Maryam Anada, one of the youngest yes. and most efficient innovators that I've come to know in my time on Future Talk. Um, and it's, a, it's amazing to think that an initial brainstorm on how people of visual impairment, how people of determination decipher colors, brought them to create a ring that would help them do just that. And I'm proud of you two girls. I'm, I'm, I'm proud and I'm happy to see two, uh, two, two Arab women doing and winning a James Dyson Award and doing what you guys are doing at only when you guys are still in university. I'm proud of you guys and I do wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right here from the heart of Sharjah, innovation has been born and it is definitely going to be taking places in different parts around the world, hopefully. Thank you so much, Maryam Anada, for joining us. But coming up on Future Talk, we're going to be talking all about Instagram's birthday. Yesterday mm. was actually the 10-year mark. Instagram turned 10 years old and they're doing a little bit of a rebranding, but also introducing many anti-bullying features. My favorite feature. <laughs> Keep all 75 locked. We'll We'll be right back. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? Pulse 95. It was the birthday of a very special application yesterday. <laughs> the the future app that I will be famous on. The, fu uh, the, the, app that the future me app will be famous on the future me app will be famous let's not move the spotlight from twisters. instagram but <laughs> it was instagram's 10-year birthday yes it is instagram's 10-year birthday and they did a kind of special uh anniversary celebration because of that and i saw a lot of people changing the icon of instagram because you can do it on their 10-year anniversary you have a list of uh, icons you can change from the beginning ever since instagram was created until 2020 have I, you changed i didn't but i loved the old icon it looked like a little bit retro it had that like retro do you know how by the ancient way? field not feel to it no i don't <laughs> but a lot of people were actually changing it and sharing pictures of the old icon on their instagram feed but Instagram to also celebrate their 10-year birthday. I can't believe Instagram is a decade old now. Um, they actually introduced new features, specifically anti-bullying features, mm. to help us fight misinformation mm. and also cyberbullying. But my favorite feature out of, them, out of them all is the map or the calendar view that they've introduced. So for those of you who post Insta stories, you do know that a lot of them are actually archived. Yes. And now you can go ahead and have basically a calendar view of all of your previous stories. You'll be able to see exactly what you've posted, what day, and what you were doing on that day. Yes, Omnia. Now, 
Stories are supposed to disappear after 24 hours automatically, but it is not surprising that many of our stories Instagram has archived and they do kind of show you kind of like in memories on Snapchat. It says, Basically. on this day in 2018, you were happier, honey. I was just going to say, why is <laughs> you it? You were happier. Why is it always that you think you were happier on that day than yeah. you are today? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's especially during quarantine. Oh, yeah, I, would, I would be on my uh, laying down on my bed and uh, it'd be the, the clock would pass 12 a.m. So it'd be a new day. So it'd say, hey. Here's your memories, Annie. Oh, my God. In 2018, I was with my friends chilling in the desert. But now I'm at home. The good quarantined old times. Because of Corona. The thing is, though, I made a promise to myself I wouldn't open memories during why? quarantine. Because it was like, why am I going to live in the past and feel sorry about myself? But it was definitely a very tough time to look through memories on. But now Instagram is giving you the option of having them in a calendar view, but also having a maps location right next to every story that you mm. posted. So you can actually also remember which country have you traveled to on that day. Yes, I mean, I've traveled to a lot of countries this year, Omnia. Have you traveled to a lot of countries yes, this year? Yes, the yeah. kitchen. The kitchen. The living room. Uh, my I, room. I, I mean, we have, actually. I mean, we, we brought a lot of apps on the show. Oh, that, show, yes. that showed us that we can be anywhere, anytime, any place, virtually. And we were not, we didn't want to travel anyways this year. But ladies and gentlemen, I love this feature. I'll tell you why. Because just like Omnia said, mm-hmm. some people, they do travel a lot. True. Some people love going out. Some people's Instagram is made because they're travel bloggers. So having this feature does let you say, hey, I've been here and I did this and I did that with who and who and when. So I'm trying to imagine maybe if you tagged someone, like if I tagged Omnia on a story that I was at the Pulse 95 studios and Instagram will show me that Hani was here on September 4th and Omnia was here with Hani. On this location. On that same location. So I I like the feature and I like, uh, I, I just, I just like how Instagram is trying to become more of a uh, uh, of a travel type of True. application. It's like a walk down through memory lane. But let's also talk about me- Instagram's anti-bullying features that they are actually starting automatically. And he's rubbing his hands, getting prepared because Instagram will be hiding comments that are similar to those who have been reported. So Instagram is coming much smarter than it ever was before. If you chose to report a certain comment, Instagram will basically take that comment as a trend and it will pick up all the other mm. comments that are similar to the comment that you went ahead and you reported to make sure that all of those bullies are out of your comment section. Thank you, Instagram. That's <laughs> number one. I want to start it off by saying thank you, Instagram, because bullying is a big and major deal. Every time we talk about bullying, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get a little bit excited and I'm going to talk about it because I am passionate about anti-bullying. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I love how we're, I, I believe they're using AI technology to, to catch these uh, perpetrators. Yes, machine learning. Machine learning, AI technology to catch these perpetrators who leave disrespectful comments. And I do give my hats off to Instagram. And I am a very, I like Instagram. I don't use it that much, but I like Instagram. And I like what they're doing. Now, we always have to remember, ladies and gentlemen, that posting bad, harmful, hurtful comments is wrong. I'm going to say it once. I'm going to say it twice. I'm going to say it three times. As long as I have a platform to say what is supposed to be said, I'm going to say it. So Instagram giving this feature, number one, it just shows how far technology has become that we can have a a robot or machine learning to catch these perpetrators who will leave bad comments. Number two, we can see that Instagram and social media uh, platforms in general are waking up because a lot of the times they used to let it slide. True. They're waking up to say, listen, 
Bullying is bad. Do not let, do not bully people. Now, Omnia, I've seen uh, in recent weeks. Uh, I think it was a, a famous celebrity uh, divorced her uh, her husband. Yeah. And uh, the people were just bombarding this man. Mm, yeah. And, and they're telling him to do a lot of harmful things to himself just because they like that celebrity and they don't like him. We've even seen it with U.S. President Donald Trump whenever he was diagnosed with COVID-19. People were also throwing hate comments on them, Mm. on him and his wife, uh, as well as John Legend. He was also being criticized for the way they dealt. They dealt with the Mm. hardship that they were going through. Losing their son. Losing their son. Or their child. I'm not sure of the gender. Um, But it goes back to show how social media platforms have been fighting cyberbullying and also helping influencers gain a little bit more control on the uh, comment section that they have i think we need a clap omnia for instagram so we're <laughs> gonna give a quick clap round of, round applause. of applause for instagram <laughs> and uh, as long as instagram keeps doing this all these social media platforms keep doing this we're gonna talk it around the show and we're gonna appreciate what they're doing but we know you know who need we need to appreciate right now we omnia. have an instagram influencer we in need the to appreciate because he's here right now Right now, he is here. <laughs> Just he's looking for the mic. He's right now. He's searching for the he's mic. He's searching here for the mic. But it is the halftime show, the only place to be at three with Omar Adur. Tell us, brother. How are you guys doing? We're doing I good. I really like the topics you guys are talking about today. Thank you, brother. I really, really like it. And I think the, the influence that a lot of people, I don't know if I call myself an influencer, but you the are, influence brother. of a lot of people you in using it in the right way to raise awareness on things like bullying is very important. It's not by the number of followers. Absolutely. I don't no, know no. if I can call he, myself he's, a, he's, he's you influence You influence people here. I don't have that many followers. It does, but that's it. Six thousand. Again, why are we counting followers right now? Absolutely, it's you are not defined by how many followers you have. Tell them. It's it's how. (laughs) Think I lost my. (laughs) You influence people with the platform you have, Omar. You've influenced me. And every, I think every single one of us is basically a walking influencer because you're influencing people in your life, family members, co-workers, friends. So. What? <laughs> and he's giving you the look. I, 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 yeah, I, 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 I don't know I, what's I'm wrong. Paying, I'm paying attention. Paying attention. Yeah, but I also think it comes down to authenticity and it comes True. down to the way we deliver our message and everyone has their own message to deliver. And, and speaking about that... You're 100% authentic, brother. <laughs> Let's <laughs> move on. What's going on on the halftime show? I'll tell you what's going on on the halftime show. So we often speak about how uh, certain athletes use their profile to be able to raise awareness. Mm. One of those people is Amir Khan, who's a former boxer. He's um, using his star power to fight a different opponent, and that's raising awareness on child abuse. Mm. So we're discussing that on the show today. We've also got um, one of the things that a lot of people are asking me, especially on my social media, is, is there such thing as overtraining the mind when you rest the body? So normally when we actually train, we train our body, correct? Mm-hmm. But if you're resting the body, but you're still activating the mind, is there such thing as that? Mm. So we're talking about that on the show. So mental, mental exhaustion. Mental fitness. Oh, I like that. Lots right. and lots is coming up in just a few moments. Keep Pulse 95 locked because you definitely don't want to miss out on the only place to be at 3, the halftime show with Ahmed Duty. T-minus two minutes until <laughs> we commence the halftime show. Keep Pulse 95 locked because Omar is coming right here, right now. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.